This Hour, sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage. This is NAB Show Live. Welcome to NAB Show Live, uh, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. I'm Sadie Groom, the Managing Director of Bubble Agency. And I'm here with all my guests today. So we're going to be talking about the new models of business in broadcast. So I'm going to go to Mark Harrison from the DPP first, um, because I know that you've talked a lot about this in the past. Um, what is it you're seeing as the new models? Well, God, everything is changing, isn't it? I think that, you know, it's, this is not my observation, it's actually somebody else's, but I think it's rather cute. That at the moment, we're really, really good at the stuff that's, no, that's still making money, but it's on the way out. And we're trying to learn how to do the stuff that definitely is coming, but isn't yet making money. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you're talking about um, linear or actually whether you're talking about online, I think getting ourselves to new kinds of revenue models around advertising and around subscription uh, is, is going to be key. And, and I don't think we can predict the outcome. You know, it yeah. could well be that actually we end up with aggregating models breaking through that are more like a kind of iTunes for video rather than there being mm. sort of some specific, you know, um, kind of cookie cutter type that you can apply to particular kinds of content. Yeah. Ben from Avate, what are you seeing? Well, I, I, I agree with what Mark said, and I think one of the things we have to be conscious of is with these new models, we have to know what the investment is. We come right. from a, a long line of knowing very much what we've been doing. We have the same model for years and years and years, and now, now that's changing. So, so when we're building systems out, we no longer have a predictable cost and a predictable revenue. Yeah. Um, therefore, you know, things like sales models and cloud, and I'm sure we'll get more onto that in the middle, but they help us to, to know very precisely what yeah. the cost of what we're doing is. Um, and you can even get down to costs on a kind of per asset or, or per delivery basis. And that brings us to a model where we can calculate ROI more efficiently and, and therefore you know, takes us towards those new models. Yeah. Lisa, what are you seeing from Encompass's point of view? We are seeing um, from the new business models things that we, we actually hadn't, um, hadn't planned on. So these hyper uh, niche um, aggregation type of models uh, in the live areas uh, specifically. Mm. So um, some of our clients, like you, you might recognize the names like DAZN, um, uh, those are they're hyper niche for sports only type of, of models that seem to be cropping up in these digital aggregators. Those are the things that um, we, we thought we would see, but now they're coming to fruition. Yeah. 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 I'm Ray from Avid. Uh, yeah, so uh, from a news and sports perspective, what we're seeing is, of course, the disruption that's being caused by accessing content on any device, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. The challenge for uh, broadcasters today is not only delivering a more engaging experience on traditional over-the-air broadcasts, but it's also now building out the infrastructure necessary to deliver that OTT experience. And that encompasses both uh, having a good strategy for how you're going to leverage social media to ultimately drive traffic back to your apps and then monetizing that content um, in ways that basically maximize CPMs. So it's all about CPMs now, right? Um, as opposed to uh, Nielsen ratings. And so that's kind of what we're seeing with, with our customers is the challenge of, of really building out that infrastructure. And then once it's built out, 
leveraging metadata and, and, and being able to basically monetize in interesting yeah. ways. Yeah, uh, Mark, obviously DPP did have the word, it's got partnership in the word. Um, there's so many more partnerships now, people are developing them uh, with rights holders and technologies and service companies. You know, why do you think people are doing more in the partnership model? Yeah, it's been really interesting this, actually in, in work that we've done over the last couple of years, we found that when we asked people to predict what they think will be the most important factor for their business in the year yeah. ahead, they say partnership. Now, it's such a complex ecosystem yeah. now and nobody can believe that they have got the answer or the kind of their proprietary solutions are going to get them all the way. So it's all about who you end up partnering with. But those are huge decisions. You know, because it, it might be that it's a, it's a small, it's a, it's a little point of detail. There's, you know, a specialism you can add. Um, or it might be that you're talking about a really major, yeah. uh, you know, acquisition or merger. But get it, get it wrong, it could be curtains, get it right, and it, and it could yeah. be that you really excel. And do things often go wrong on the partnership front, or do we just well, not hear about it? <laughs> what, no, what, what, what everybody says is that uh, you get this moment when it actually is complete. You know, the contracts yeah. have been signed and you start together where uh, things really, really change. And so I, what, you know, what we're hearing is that there's starting to become a real kind of art to partnership. And sometimes, in fact, more informal partnerships yeah. are the ones that can work better where actually you're not tied down by all that kind of, you know, that kind of legal complexity. Because it it, these things need trust to work. And in a way, if it's informal, you need yeah. trust more and therefore you're going you're to have to trust each other. So are you going out trying to find new partners while you're at the show? I mean, is that a big you know, push for the companies that you're with? Absolutely. Uh, from an avid perspective, you know, we absolutely have a strong end-to-end -end solution story. Mm -hmm. But the biggest uh, sort of uh, aspect that we try and push is the fact that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel in certain areas, right? So while Avid, like I said, can, can yeah. do ingest, playout, storage, asset management, in areas where uh, we want to extend the platform, we've designed it so that we can have software developers and or third parties easily integrate into the platform. And so we have about 600 partners that, that uh, basically wow. augment our solution offering. And, when we go and talk to customers, it's typically with a whole boatload of partners with us to help tell that full story. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, what are you seeing as the consequences of all these partnerships? Is it just? I mean, it's it's uh, in a lot of ways, it's we're on the front end of so many of these things, especially yeah. as it relates to the OTT piece. So uh, I think a lot of people are still trying to figure it out. Subscription, yes, as a service in terms of uh, you know offering it that straight up over the top. I think people. Have kind of figured that one out. I think where people are trying to really struggle and figure uh, out a plan is around the programmatic ad search piece, because that's where it's kind of the panacea, right, yes. of, of how people can really drive a lot of revenue and drive those CPMs, right? So mm -hmm. I would say that's where there's still a lot of work to do, um, but uh, it's getting more and more interesting all the time. Yeah, Ben, what's your thoughts about SaaS products? Well, I know we've talked about it a lot. I think one of the things in, when we talk about partnerships that's become really interesting is, uh, you know, I talk from a vendor perspective, and we always had a really kind of clear delineation between vendor and customer when it came yeah. to this industry. And, and that started to change, I mean, yeah. quite some time ago. Uh, I, I remember some of the products I was doing 10 years ago were very much talking about partnerships, but there was still a defined end goal. It wasn't, there was still a, a buyer and, and, and seller relationship. That's completely changed now. Um, and, and in fact, we've been doing some projects where, where we kind of, we have a goal in terms of what the business goal is, but we're partnering with what would have been our customers 
um, and going into revenue share models based on their success. And so everything's really tied in, you know, it, it's, it's not a buy and sell relationship anymore. It's generally our success is directly tied to our customer success. And Ben, are you, are you finding that, that some of your customers as their kind of technology departments shrink, they tend to have less headcount now, they're actually sort of looking to you to be a bit more of an extension of, what, of, of themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yes, absolutely. And, and in many cases, we, you know, we have uh, people who are physically on site in customer facilities, if not all the time, then a, a right. large proportion of the time. We're working on combined projects where, like lab projects, where we're innovating and working out what the next thing is, and, and doing it as us as the sort of development experts and you know, with, with, with the backing that we have. Uh, and then with the, with the business goals to come in, in into that, and it's a it's a fascinating way to a new new way of working. It's and exciting as well, yeah, real yeah. innovation. Yeah. So. Yeah. And are you seeing it actually being? You know, is it actually working? You yes. know, it's <laughs> yes, good yay. We do hear about it, unlike the non-working piece. Oh, you wanted it to work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, what's the potential out there for the SaaS products? I mean, especially. Sort of within live production. I mean, Lisa, have you got? Well, you know, it, from Encompass's perspective, it, you know, we we originate a, a, a lot of channels for live linear playout as well as for VOD assets. And from the cloud perspective, it makes perfect sense in the in um, the, for delivering and transcoding yeah. VOD assets in the cloud because it's peaks and valleys, very peaky um, uh, transactions up. Still there is a challenge in originating um, a live uh, full-time channel in the cloud uh, from a uh, egress perspective. Uh, that's, that's the challenge in this industry right now that we have to figure out from an economic standpoint. Um, unless you have an on-prem cloud and you are uh, based right next to your distribution mechanism, which could be the uh, could be the teleport that you have next to you, or however you're going to egress yeah. or move that data. So that's, I still see that as being the, the challenge in the yeah. cloud today. Any other challenges? What's holding, anything holding it back? Again, from, an, from, from a vendor point of view, one of the challenges is always working out, you know, it's a new business model for us too. Yeah. So it's put the investment yeah. into having a, a really robust, reliable SaaS product. Um, you know, from day one, without having that usage, it's yeah. kind of it, it is a challenge. But it, you know, it's it's one we're all up for. I'm pretty and one sure, of the things so. that, that you know, some of our member companies have talked about. I'm talking about uh, vendors here. Is that there's an expectation amongst customers that they can now leap to a to a, a service-based model, um, but having never paid for any of the investment costs <laughs> that were required for that vendor to actually become. You know, software and software-based, and it, do you see that as a kind of issue that it's it's very hard to get an understanding really of what the pricing should be, in, in such a way that actually does enable you to invest in um, in development. It, it, it does, but I mean, it, it, it's in a way it's similar to pricing any product. You you, you kind of you, you have to work out what the value is to the customer. Yeah. Um, and as you know, as I said earlier, you know, it's really. That, that transparency in cost, and, and now we have products and systems and applications that are cost aware. You know, that, that transparency yeah. is really obvious to the customer. And once, once you can get into that discussion of, okay, here's the cost or what's the value, then you know, as long as yeah. everyone accepts that we should, you know, this is an ecosystem where we all should make some money, um, then that's, that could be really healthy and, and customers know what they need to pay and we know what we need to charge, so. So it has to work and make money, wow. 
Ideally. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> what are you saying, Ray, from... We're, uh, what, what we've decided to do is sort of start with the real basic need for the market, right? And so when you look at some of the bigger challenges for some of these companies, it really starts with the simple backup and archive of content. And the cloud makes a tremendous amount of sense there, right? So being able to offer a way to auto-provision the proper storage needed without anybody having to worry about it, so it becomes pretty much a ubiquitous experience for the end user. To a certain extent, it's soon, it's not going to matter where that content actually yeah. resides, whether that's on-prem or in the cloud. As long as it's accessible, a liquid asset, you can then turn around and monetize. Yeah. Right. That is kind of how we're approaching it. It's like, let's start with the basics, because then once you get it in the cloud, then you can start to leverage all the, the cognitive services, the machine learning, right? And then all of the distribution possibilities. Mm -hmm. That all enables all that collaboration that can happen, the 24-7 production, I mean, live, right? Or, or uh, even post. Um, so it's really, let's take the first step, um, convince everybody, yes, it is indeed secure. Yeah. Um, and you, know, you don't have to worry about that anymore. So now let's get it there first, and then let's take advantage of everything else yeah. after that, yeah. Um, and talking of costs, what about automation? Is it still the thing that everyone wants? Is it going to reduce the headcount? Are we all going to not have jobs soon? Yeah, yeah the, the robot <laughs> uprising, you mean? Exactly. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I, I don't know about the losing your job part. I think your job is just going to change, yes. right? Yeah. I think it's just going to be uh, enabling companies to really focus on the creative aspect of it. I mean, there's so much worry nowadays with on-prem systems. Think about the amount of resources that are needed to manage, say, backup for on-prem, disaster recovery, for especially larger yeah. media companies. Um, all the cooling and electrical and everything else that goes along with it. Once that moves to the cloud, those resources can now be used for something different, right? It's part of that end-to-end -end content delivery production, right? So um, it's, it's, uh, it's really allowing the creatives to truly be creative, because now they don't have to worry about the, the yeah. technology aspect anymore. Simply think about the, it's fascinating to me in this industry how manual processes tend to be right. on, the, on the back end side of, of producing, producing television, playing out a channel. You, you ingest your content, yeah. you manually trim, you manually QC, you manually uh, load up the playlist and append and manually play. I mean, there, in this industry right now, there, it's, 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 there's such a great opportunity to apply that machine learning and that AI, if we could get it into a place yeah. where it's cost effective, uh, and then apply those um, uh, machine learning capabilities to automatically trim. Why oh, do you think this, this, this persists, Lisa? I mean, every, you know, nobody's got an interest in it persisting. Yeah. People have been saying for years, this is where automation yeah. can make a huge impact, these kind of prosaic, boring but important processes, and yet, we don't get that. I, I think it's, I think the advent and the, uh, think about in 2007 when the, the iPhone came out, you know, there, there were things that we were still doing with dial-up and, and um, there were faux software as a service type of capabilities and now we don't even think about it. It has right. become rote task. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. So unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this one oh. up. Oh, so it's a great discussion, guys, but thank you very much um, for NAB Show Live, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. <laughs> Sorry. It was great. <laughs>